Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before Course in <clears throat> Miracles podcast, lesson 61. I am the light of the world. So if you have stuck with me for, stuck with us, stuck with this miracle community and done each lesson to the best of your ability for the last two months now, congratulations. Good for you. Um, One-sixth of the way there. Very solid chunk. Shout out to Andrew Leonard. Thank you so much for your Facebook message. This is the beautiful thing about podcasting is I've said before, you never know who's listening. You have no clue. My other, my other, in my other podcast, the Magic Pisces podcast, I'm a little bit more reckless with my use of language in general, and it gets, it it has, I think, fifteen thousand downloads total, which in the grand scheme of things is not a lot, but still, that's like fifteen thousand instances of people listening to my rants. So. The Course in Miracles podcast, I've, as I've said before, I've tried to be, I'm trying to be a lot more responsible and to honor that first agreement, Don Miguel, Don Miguel Ruiz's first agreement, to be impeccable with your word. So again, Andrew, thanks for listening. Anton, thanks for listening. Ellen, thanks for listening. Jenny, thank you for listening. Thank you to all of you who listen. Uh, Lisa, are you listening? I believe you are. Anyway. There's another Lisa I'm friends with. Are you listening? So many people. Greg, are you listening? Shane, are you listening? The list goes on and on. See? So this is why we have to be responsible, because we never know who's listening. So again, if you've stuck with this process, you should start, you should start to be seeing some, some real shifts happening. In your, it's just in like your thought life. And as a result of the, your thought life being sorted out, your real life sort of sorts itself out. As I think I mentioned before, there's a sign, there's like a poster up in this room of this church where I go to 12-step meetings, and it just says thought equals creation. And it's sitting right in this place where I can see it. And every time I look up and I see that thing, I'm like, man, what am I thinking about right now? So again, we made it through the first review. We're not, I think we're still in technically like section one of the course itself. That's just the, the, the first review. And then I, I think maybe section one goes, lasts like 100 lessons or something. It's divided into two or three or maybe even more sections, the actual course. Um, again, the, if you were to order Course in Miracles book, it would, you would get the blue book. And the first part is the, the, the first 689 pages is the text. Don't, unless you're really drawn to, don't get mired down in the text. As I've said before, Ken Wapnick emphasizes the textbook that, that you need to, it actually says at the beginning of the course, a theoretical framework such as the text is more or less required before you can sort of take on the, the actual course itself. I look to David Hawkins as the ultimate authority, authority on basically everything that has ever happened in the entire world. Um, David Hawkins' work is fascinating. It is, he is... He, it's, it's a shame. I, I got into David Hawkins right after he died, like within a few months, I think, six months probably of, of him dying. And I really wished I had had the opportunity to be with him. He just did these little, like, you could just go to one of his little sort of seminar things. But in my opinion, David Hawkins is one of the ultimate authorities on truth. 
the subject of truth, and he's got nine books about about it. So if you want to devote literally, like what essentially amounts to two, maybe even three years of your life to digesting his material, I would, I dare you. It's my challenge. It's the Course in Miracles challenge to you. Take on David Hawkins. So he says, uh, just, just to do the textbook, just do the, the lessons in the textbook to the best of your ability. He also says, I've heard him say several times in both reading and in videos, that once you get to a, a round lesson 75 or 80 in the Course in Miracles, which is we're sort of getting close to that, that negative stimuli will cease to, will cease to have a negative impact on you. So, uh, for instance, sweet and low has a deleterious effect on almost anyone who comes into contact with it. It's a bad substance. And if you are taking, if you're doing the course to the best of your ability, um, that negative, the negative stimulus will cease to be. So, along with a whole bunch of other negative stimuli that are negative to everyone else in the world unless you are working the course of miracles i would also argue that people in that people who work 12 step programs are less susceptible to toxicity it's really interesting because i there are a lot of people still in the 12 step programs who smoke smoke cigarettes and when I first got into the 12-step program, everybody smoked. And you don't hear any stories, really, about people getting cancer, like lung cancer. And everybody smokes. You would think that when I got into AA, it was like, I don't know, I don't know if I'd say 50% of all people smoked, but a lot of people smoked. Like when I was in rehab, everybody smoked. And there's something about getting closer to God and not being susceptible to negativity in all of the varying forms that it can take. So somewhere in the next 15, 20 lessons, perhaps that miraculous thing or miraculous occurrence will start to, or that caliber of a miracle will start to occur in your life where negative stimuli will seek, uh, cease affecting you negatively. Okay. Lesson 61, I am the light of the world. Who is the light of the world except God's son? This then is merely a statement of the truth about yourself. It is the opposite of a statement of pride, of arrogance, or of self-deception. It does not describe the self-concept you have made. It does not refer to any of the characteristics with which you have endowed your idols. It refers to you as you were created by God. It simply states the truth. So the truth, the simple truth, is that you are the light of the world. To the ego, today's idea is the epitome of self-glorification. But the ego does not understand humility, mistaking it for self-debasement. Humility consists of accepting your role in salvation and in taking no other. I've recently heard that a good working definition of humility is just to be exactly who God wants you to be to the best of your ability. Where were we? Humility consists of accepting your role in salvation and in taking no other. It is, is it not humility to insist you cannot be the light of the world if that is the function God assigned to you? Actually, I'm going to read that again. It is not humility to insist you cannot be the light of the world if that is the function God assigned to you. 
It is only arrogance that would assert this function cannot be for you, and arrogance is always of the ego. The humility requires, true humility requires that you accept today's idea because it is God's voice which tells you it is true. This is a beginning step in accepting your real function on earth. It is a giant stride toward taking your rightful place in salvation. It is a positive assertion of your right to be saved and an acknowledgement of the power that is given you to save others. I'm going to read that again. It is a power, positive assertion of your right to be saved and an acknowledgement of the power that is given you to save others. You'll want to think about this idea as often as possible today. It is the perfect answer to all illusions and therefore to all temptation. It brings all the images you have made about yourself to the truth and helps you depart in peace, unburdened and certain of your purpose. As many practice periods as possible today should be undertaken. As many practice periods as possible should be undertaken today, although each one need not exceed a minute or two. They should begin with telling, you, with telling yourself, I am the light of the world. That is my only function. That is why I am here. Then think about these statements for a short while, preferably with your eyes closed if the situation permits. Let a few related thoughts come to you and repeat the idea to yourself if your mind wanders away from the central thought. Be sure both to begin and end the day with a practice period. Thus, you will awaken with an acknowledgment of the truth about yourself, reinforce it throughout the day, and turn to sleep as you reaffirm your function and your only purpose here. These two practice periods may be longer than the rest if you find them helpful and want to extend them. Today's idea goes far beyond the ego's petty views of what you are and what your purpose is. As a bringer of salvation, this is obviously necessary. This is the first of a number of giant steps we will take in the next few weeks. So perhaps these giant steps will lead us towards what I was talking about earlier regarding negative stimuli. As a bringer of salvation, this is obviously necessary. This is the first of a number of giant steps we will take in the next few weeks. Try today to begin to build a firm foundation for these advances. You are the light of the world. God has built his plan for the salvation of his son on you. So you are the light of the world, and you're just going to close your eyes for the first practice period throughout the day or during the day. Maybe take one, two, three, four. You could even do five minutes, and you're just going to repeat to yourself, I am the light of the world that is my only function. That is why I am here. And you're just going to say that with your eyes closed and then let whatever associated thoughts that have anything to do with that sort of populate your consciousness. And you're just going to notice what shows up. And if your mind starts to wander, you're just going to repeat that again. I am the light of the world. That is my only function. That is why I am here. So in the same way as you would in a traditional sort of like Buddhist meditation tradition, just return to the breath. In this, we're just returning to that prayer or that thought, that italicized section in The Course in Miracles. And you're going to do as many one to two minute practice periods as you can throughout the day. 
So I am the light of the world. That is my only function. That is why I am here. And perhaps if you're listening to this episode in your car or wherever, you don't need to get out the book. You don't need to f- click on the link that's in the show notes and read it in the, uh, at the icm.acim.org website. I'm reading it for you so you can just do the simple contemplation. Right? Maybe go back listen to it again, maybe go back and listen to some previous episodes if you'd like. Um, But the more that you allow this stuff to take up space in your head, the more that God will work his miraculous magic through you. It's not even magic. I, I should say work his miraculousness through you or work his miraculous nature through you. One of the most powerful principles of miracles, I believe it's the first one out of the 50 principles of miracles, which are, the, are at the beginning of the text, is that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. One is not harder than the other. There are, a miracle is a miracle is a miracle. And so that should beg, or that might beg some really interesting questions like, well, what is in the way of me walking on water? What is in the way of me raising the dead? It actually says, I believe in the principles of miracles also, maybe read through them yourself, that miracles can in fact raise the dead. And I do believe that that might mean in a literal sense. There's this, there's a Christian pastor named David Hogan. And he's like, there's like, I, I used to, I, I used to be friends with, like, be really close, close with these serious Christian people, like the most, two of the most serious Christians I've, I've ever met. And we, we ended up having some sort of philosophical agreements and had a bit of a falling out, falling out which is unfortunate. And interestingly, as a, as, since I've been doing this podcast, they've been sort of popping into my head a little bit more than they normally would, and it might be time to extend an olive branch there. But I, as a result of my relationship with one of them, he pointed me in the direction of this pastor named David Hogan, who I believe he actually has raised the dead, literally, um, or he was getting close to raising the dead. And, and the closer that you get now, the Course in Miracles, right, is it's according to the story, you know, if you believe the story, of course, in miracles, Jesus started speaking to Helen Shuckman, and as the result of their conversations, she transcribed or scribed this entire Course of Miracles. Course of Miracles deals with non-duality. So in other words, it's all one. We are all one. Everything is connected, and that is referred to as the sonship. And, as the, and by forgiving everyone who is placed in front of us, we are returning the sonship. We're doing our part to, re- to return the sonship back to God, which is the atonement. I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with, traditional, with a traditional uh, Christian view on things. But it, I, I, at all, I don't really think there is. I, I think that there is a lot of ignorance that permeates like traditional Christianity, and perhaps there are some things that are not questioned that God said that should be questioned, and perhaps God gets a pass on some things he should not get, um, but I'm not looking to engage in you know, philosophical arguments um, because I don't think that they get us anywhere. I think that um, 
if you resonate with this stuff, you are meant to resonate with this stuff. Now, that being said, a lot of people who do follow a traditional Christian path, which is, I'm, I was born in sin, I'm a sinner, and there's no way in heck I cannot sin. I have to sin. I was born in sin. It's, a, it's the original sin. Back to Adam and Eve. You know, Eve, Eve should not have taken the bite of the apple. Eve got tempted by the serpent and bit the apple, and here we are, right? <laughs> Humanity went to hell. And before that, it was perfect. It was the Garden of Eden. There was no wants. There was no needs. Man was naked. Woman was naked. There was no shame in the nakedness. And then Eve bit the apple. And here we are, 2023. <laughs> Look around. Um, that being said, I, I, and, and so therefore, because that is the case, because man has original sin, or is born with original sin, or is born into sin, or whatever it is, um, born to be sinful, we need a savior. And by surrendering your will to the, to the savior, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ offers you salvation, which is basically like, you just admit you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I can't help it. Jesus, will you save me? From what I understand, God sent you here because he loves you to get tortured and killed and, and, uh, and so that I may have forgiveness for my sins or so that I may, if I repent, if I admit that I'm a sinner, that I, I can go to heaven and share in your kingdom. That's like traditional Christianity. And a lot of what I noticed when I got sort of deeply, uh, when I got into relationship with these people that were like, they weren't even, they weren't, it's not like they were like evangelicals, like mega church people. And they weren't like, um, they weren't Catholic they were like just hardcore Christians, but they resonated with the energy of Jesus, the Christ energy, what New Age circles would call the Christ consciousness, what Course in Miracles refers to as the Christ in, the Christ in us. And I believe that the closer that you get to Christ, no, like the closer, the, the, the greater a relationship you are able to forge with Jesus himself, um, the the more becomes pos possible as far as miracles are concerned. Now, I was saved through the 12-step path. So Bill W., the founder of AA, is kind of like my savior. Um, I've heard it said that a lot of people come into AA and they end up at Jesus. And so Bill's, Bill, Bill W. is like a, um, he's like a, like a low, and I don't want to say he's a lower order Jesus. He's just a human being. And he did not, Jesus, if you believe the story, lived without sin. Bill W. did not live without sin. He was freaking hardcore womanizing, alcoholic, money-grubbing, you know, whatever, who lost everything and had all the typical problems that come as a result of being an alcoholic. Um, but that being said, he has acted like an avatar to me. And as a result of God approaching him or him finding God or him allowing God to find him or to speak to him, there are now millions and millions and millions of people who have been saved from a hopeless state of mind and body. You will find people in 12-step programs dealing with life as effectively as it could be ever, as it ever, as it could ever be dealt with. And as the result of letting go and letting God, thy will be done, I say every morning, as the result of letting go and letting God, my life just works out. And every single person I know who has truly, in the deepest possible way, surrendered their life 
to a higher power, their life just works out. I do believe that Jesus is the highest of all of, like the highest power that has ever existed in human history. You could also um, say that the Buddha um, also had that high of an energy field, but he, the, the Buddha taught enlightenment and Jesus taught salvation. And what we're doing in the, as Course in Miracles students is sort of like in between those two. It's sort of like in between enlightenment and salvation. And if this stuff is a little wordy and if it's a little confusing and it's, it's hard to grasp what I've been talking about the last few minutes here, just, you know, Google is your friend. YouTube is your friend. David Hawkins, although his material is very dense, it's also at the same time very easily digestible or relatively easily relatively easy to digest. And his videos are really easy to wrap your head around. So I encourage anyone and everyone to give Hawkins a whirl. I encourage anyone and everyone to, hey, if the Bible is calling you, read the Bible. Um, I don't think that these things need to exist in different universes. I, it, it's unfortunate that with a traditional Christian, you will very often sort of bump into this roadblock where, like, if unless you go with Jesus, then you will go to hell, right? Um, and the, uh, another unfortunate thing about traditional, tip, typical traditional Christians uh, very often comes a time in the conversation where they will make it abundantly clear to you that God, in fact, hates gay people. And I just find that really hard to believe. I just find that really hard to believe. And so there are a lot of people who are turned off by traditional Christian and or religious pathways, and they end up grasping onto this stuff. And this stuff is very, very powerful. And what I love about Course in Miracles is there's an emphasis on lack of judgment. Although, you know, justice beeth mine, saith the Lord. But if you notice, a lot of those Christians are pretty quick to judge, as are all of us, obviously. So I am not going to um, make a, a, I think I've done a pretty good job of not, you know, bagging on the traditional Christian type. God loves everybody. God loves you. I am the light of the world. Lesson 61, you are the light out of, of the world. Go out today and have a beautiful experience of what it means to be alive. Thank you. Bye-bye.